All right, well, welcome to, let's see, session four of these. Um, so, we've been talking about finding God in ordinary life, looking for a model um, to become a saint in the midst of the lay world, um, so that all kinds of ordinary activities can be brought to God. Now, tonight I'm talking about something very specific, what's called Order and the Heroic Minute. Uh, and in that, I'm talking about something that uh, actually I, I'm not, I think, by nature good at in my youth and in my early years at a seminary, and I was hopeless at these things. Uh, I've got better in them. Um, but in particular, what I want to try and communicate to you tonight is actually how we need these if we're going to get to God, if we're going to bring our life to God. So, order. I said this is a tool for saints of the ordinary. So, this is the whole session of talks is about ordinary life. So, I want to start with a, a preliminary question, thinking about the word ordinary. Is a saint someone ordinary or someone extraordinary? Well, let me move on to a slightly different question. Someone miraculous or someone non-miraculous? Because there's a type of extraordinary by which what we actually mean is weird. Um, that a saint is someone who's peculiar. Um, that a saint is someone who levitates and does very unusual stuff. Um, but actually not all saints did those things. So here are some extraordinary saints in that sense. Uh, saints who work many miracles. So there's an image of um, St. Francis of Assisi taming the wolf of Gubbio. Um, you know, that's not an ordinary thing to do. Um, St. John Vianney, uh, you might know, among his many miracles, when he heard people's confessions, he would often um, remind them of the things they hadn't confessed, um, that he could read souls. That's not an ordinary thing to be able to do. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Then here we've got an, an image of St. Rita of Cassia. She had part of the stigmata, so the stigmata being the wounds of Jesus' body. Um, that in some rare saints, they receive these wounds actually on their body. So she had on her head uh, a mark of the... the crown of thorns. Here's a really weird saint, Blessed Alexandrina de Costa. She, um, for 13 years of her life, while she was sick in bed, she lived only on Holy Communion. Uh, now that is not an ordinary thing. Holy Communion. So nothing else, that's all she ate. Uh, and there she is smiling. She wasn't... Um, she, she survived all that. Then people like Padre Pio, he bilocated. Bilocated, he appeared in two places at the same time. And he died in the 1970s, so all that's documented. Um, modern living witnesses who, who saw it, wrote it down. The two different recorded places where he was. Saints who do miracles. So there are saints like this. And the point I want to make to you is we can tend to think all saints are like this. 
But actually, all saints aren't like this. In fact, most saints are not like this. So here are what I'm calling ordinary saints who worked no miracles. So the wonderful Saint Therese of Lisieux that I spoke about last week, no miracles while she lived. Saint John Paul II, um, similarly, great leader, great saint, great teacher, um, not known for miracles while he lived. Saint Thomas Aquinas, the greatest teacher in the entire history of the church. Um, he's not known for having worked miracles. Um, St. Josemaria, who I've been talked about, talking about, possibly more than any an example of an ordinary saint, a saint of the ordinary, a saint teaching ordinary people how to be a saint while remaining ordinary in this sense. Um, there is an image, a more local saint, um, St. Osmond of Salisbury, um, I was ordained on his feast day. St. Osmond of Salisbury, all he did with his life is he uh, wrote the Doomsday Book. Yes, you remember your History 1066? Somebody had to compile that Doomsday Book and present it to the king. That was his job. Doesn't sound a very exciting job, certainly not a miraculous job. Somehow he did it so well, did it with such love, that it became for him the path to becoming a saint. And then there in the middle, the Blessed Virgin herself. No miracles, as far as is recorded, and yet the greatest of all saints, the most loving of all saints. So, we have ordinary saints that I've just been describing, the weird and the wonderful, extraordinary saints, if we ask the question, which type of saint is greater? Well, neither. <clears throat> neither. Um, but we can tend very easily to think that these are the wonderful ones. These must be the greatest saints. <coughs> Whereas according to the very obvious teaching of the church, the greater saint is the one who loves the most. And... There'll be some of these that loved more than some of those. Um, that it's not whether they work miracles that makes them greater or less, it's, it's how much they loved. And obviously, because they're saints, they did love to an incredible degree. But even among the saints, some love even more than others. And it's the ones who love most that are truly the greatest. So thinking of ourselves, I've asked the question there, which type of saint has God called you to be? Now, I don't hear about miracles being worked in Westmores. Um, I don't see people levitating as I'm coming down the aisle. Um, I don't see people having visions that this suggests that we don't have the extraordinary, the weird and the wonderful among us, but we might well have ordinary saints among us. We might well certainly seek to become those who love greatly and are thus saints. Now there's a, a phrase here of, often quoted from St. Francis de Sales. Some saints are more to be admired than imitated. 
If you've not heard that before, I think it's a very important thing to remember. Some saints are more to be admired than imitated. So when we read about somebody who, um, so, you know, she didn't eat anything for 13 years, um, and you might think, oh, well, I'm, I'll therefore stop eating anything and just have Holy Communion. Well, no, she's to be admired. That doesn't mean she's to be imitated in everything. So, um, it's not up there now. Oh, yes, St. John Vianney. You might remember he only ate mouldy potatoes. Um, so I remember when I was in seminary, one of my friends reading about him, uh, and he stopped eating. So um, he'd come down and you could see him secretly having a glass of milk because St. John Vianney used to drink milk. Um, he didn't have any mouldy potatoes, so he um, took some biscuits in the morning. Um, but he was trying as best as he could to, to imitate St. John Vianney. Well, the weird and the wonderful saints are to be admired, but some things in their lives aren't to be imitated. Um, ordinary life lived extraordinarily well lived with extraordinary love this is the sense in which we need to be extraordinary living well loving exceedingly but to do it in the midst of a life that otherwise is ordinary So, um, St. John Paul II, as Pope, when he canonised St. Josemaria, he said he was a saint of the ordinary life. And that's why I'm talking about him in this context of ordinary saints. So, to kind of wind back to an earlier talk, what we should be seeking to do. I said, the goal there, give the day to God. Now, that implies... Use the parts of the day well and don't just give God the odd little moments. So obviously, as we slip and fail, we can tend to just give God odd little moments that we remember him by. But if we're living well, if we're living with love, then every moment needs to be lived with love. Every moment needs to be offered to him all the parts of the day, not just moments that we somehow decide are important. According to the Bible here, what God wills is your sanctification, being made holy. Um, Corinthians, whatever you eat, whatever you drink, whatever you do at all, do it all for the glory of God. All the bits of your life. Do it for the glory of God. This glass of squash, um, this is part of God's creation. It's God's gift to me. I drink it, giving thanks to him for it. I give, drink it, um, giving glory to God. So there are two contradictory statements. I want to love God today by giving the day to him. And I'm not going to plan how to give the things of this day to God. If you want to give the day to God, if you want to love God by giving the day to him, 
then you need to plan how you're going to do that. You've got to plan how the parts of the day affect each other. And this is where this word that the title of today's talk is, order, um, comes in. So order, I've said, is a tool for saints of the ordinary. So Josemaria says this, when you bring order into your life, your time will multiply and then you'll be able to give God more glory by working more in his service. My day's ordered, my day's planned, my day works and I have more somehow of my day to give him. So, um, I want to spend a moment kind of asking the question, what is order? I'm giving a talk about order. Um, so I've got here an image of Genesis, of creation. So there are details. God didn't just make the big stuff. God made everything. God wants you to bring everything to him. But how do all the bits of that everything relate to each other? How do all those bits fit together? If I was living the perfect life, how would the bits of my day fit? So that the details, they all, they're there somewhere. How do they fit? Order answers that question. So the Greek word orthox from order means right, correct. St. Thomas Aquinas says this, but it is impossible to put various things in order without knowing that relation and proportion among them with regard to something higher, which is their end. Because the order of various things in relation to one another depends on their order in relation to the end. Now, what's he saying there? You've got to know where things fit, where they relate to each other, where the hierarchy of the different things is. So, what does that mean in practice? Ah, cartoon. Um, so, here is a man whose boat is sinking. Um, he's got a choice. He can rescue the boat, he can rescue the girl, or he can rescue his beer. <laughs> it says at the bottom there, she can swim, the boat is insured, so he's got the beer. Um, So um, this is not a model of good priorities, but this is a model of someone who has priorities. Yes? So in our life, what does my priority need to be? If I'm going to rank things, if I'm going to choose this and not choose that, what's, what's the order going to be? Well, so I've got a couple of categories I want to kind of scan through now. One is time. So if I'm going to have order in my use of time, then that means on one hand punctuality. If I tell someone I'll be there at 10, then I'm there for them at 10. I'm not wasting their time by being late for them. Um, so I said they're limiting time for tasks um, with respect to perfectionism. So there is an easy trait in so many of us, not all of us, some of us don't have this problem at all, but so many of us, that we do something and we want to do it right. And we spend so much time on that one thing 
that the other more important things don't get done. So actually, one of the things St. Rosemary would talk about would actually be not putting, in a sense, enough time or too much time to a task, to limit it, to say, well, I've only got half an hour for that. And that's as, in a sense, perfect as that can be. Um, so if I'm preparing a talk for you tonight, um, I've got a time limit that I'm going to put aside to prepare that talk. And yes, it could be even better if I put another three weeks into preparing it, but what's the order of the different things? The order of my use of time? Well, if I'm going to give the day to God, I've got to decide the different priorities, what time I'm going to give to various things, not just, I want this perfect. Order in people. So there you have a whole mess of people. How are you going to choose among them? How are you going to prioritise among them? So, so who am I most responsible to? Who am I most responsible for? So I, as the parish priest of West Moors, I'm not responsible for those people in Wimborne. I don't wish ill to the people in Wimborne, but they're not my responsibility. If I neglect you because there's something really interesting in Wimborne I want to do, well, I'm not dealing with what I'm responsible for. I'm responsible for the, this little patch of the world. Um, well, similarly, with all kinds of things, who are the people you are responsible for? So in the, the sorting of the whole mess of everybody in the world, who are you responsible for? So the choices we make need to be living out what that um, order in people is. So with that order in duties, my duties to God, to my family, to my work. Um, so this is a little image from uh, Excel, a daily task list. When, when you're creating whatever form of task list, whether it's a kind of random personal just get out of bed, think what I'm going to do today kind of task list, or whether you have some system of writing it down, we need to think, what are my duties to the various things in life? To, to God, to my family, if I've got a family, um, to work, to my neighbour, to whatever group I belong to. What do I owe to different people in terms of planning what my order in, in my different duties is going to be. Can you all see this bedroom here? Yes? Um, <laughs> so I asked the question that, do we need to ask if this person has an ordered interior life? St. Josemaria, um, some people freak out at this quote from him. Uh, he said this, it is enough to see the wardrobe of a person to know how that person's interior life is going. Um, so he'd make, a couple, he'd make a couple practical points. Why does it matter to, to tidy things, to put order into the exterior things? Well, he says on one level, uh, if you're going to make better use of your time... If things are where they're supposed to be, you're not going to be looking for them all the time. So there's a kind of simple practical thing to make good use of time by having order 
where things are. He'd notice also tidying small things can be mortifications to offer to God. Um, so it's not exciting to pick up your clothes from the floor. It's not exciting to do all kinds of tidying up. But these can be little bits of our daily cross that we offer to the Lord. So some examples from him. Keeping your clothes well folded in the wardrobe. Interesting, keeping furniture in place, he'd say. Um, keeping your papers tidily on the desk uh, and keeping books tidily on the shelves. When things have a place, um, this can be a reflection of things being ordered and right within you as well. Okay, this is the last thing I want to um, kind of make as an illustration this evening. It's called hinges. Um, so you know what a hinge does on a door? A hinge is a really small thing, but everything on the door, a big thing moves depending on where that hinge is. So in your life, he'd say, identify your hinges, or pivot is another word, that things pivot around a point. Um, so your whole life has certain things in it that a whole bunch of activity will hinge around. Well, what are those hinges? Because if you can see what those are, then it's an easy way to think how to organise the rest of your life around it. And in particular, you know, the struggle to find time to pray in my life. And to find time in my busy day, when am I going to get that prayer done? When am I going to do my spiritual reading? When am I going to say a bit of the rosary? Well, if I can see different hinges in the day that are kind of, the hinge doesn't move, the hinge stays put. That, those are bits of my day that are kind of determined already. Well, I can hinge other things around them. I can attach my prayer to that hinge moment that can't move and then I can get a whole pattern of activity working around that hinge. So two obvious hinges. So this is my life I'm describing to you um, but we all have these same two moments when I wake up when I go to bed um, you will go to bed tonight. <laughs> you did wake up this morning. Um, so as I said, this isn't rocket science, this is in a sense stating the obvious, but it's spelling it out to kind of illustrate the point. So, um, when I have 7.30 morning mass, that means, I want to say my breviary before that, the breviary has to be at 7.05. I want to do 30 minutes of mental prayer for my morning meditation, that's got to be therefore at 6.35. I've got to unlock the church at therefore 6.25. My bathroom routine, therefore, has to start at 5.40. So if I try to sleep in till 6.30, because um, Mass isn't till 7.30, um, well, it's not going to happen. Um, so to see when the fixed hinge is and work things around it. Now, what's tougher, certainly for me, I think for many of us, is to have a similar vision at the end of the day. I know if tomorrow is going to be a good day, I need to get a good night's sleep. I know I've got a busy day tomorrow, I need to be in bed by 10. That means I need to go to the bathroom, 
9.50, I need to lock things up at 9.35, so I can't start a nice 40-minute TV program at 9.10. It's just going to throw everything out. So, you know, the hinges, what are the hinges that everything else has got a structure around? Okay, some other hinges. Um, if you drive to work or from work, when do you leave work? That can be a moment to hinge things around. When do you have lunch? Maybe if you're going to meet someone for lunch, to know when that's going to be, to hinge something around that in terms of, well, I could pray just before or pray just after. Um, similarly with supper. If your grandparents collecting children from school, um, that is at a specific time, and you can hinge things around that specific time. So if you remember two weeks ago, I talked about a plan of life, um, and I suggested to you the different elements of, that a monk has in his rule of life, that you want some bit of mental prayer, some bit of spiritual reading, some bit of uh, set prayers, um, met out a, a mapped out for your short-term plan. When are those moments going to happen for you? To fix those around the, the fixed hinges that are already in your day. Because if those hinges are, are fixed, then if you add something to it, you can make sure it will then happen then, rather than just, well, I'll do it sometime. So a plan of life identifies the spiritual tasks of the day and schedules them around time-specific hinges of my day. So if you know you're going to leave work at a certain time and you want to add five minutes prayer um, to be there in the car for five minutes to be a place where you can pray before driving home. Similarly with a, a school run. Um... Okay, we're now on to the last illustration in, in terms of hinges and the, what is called the hinge of all hinges. Um, St. Josemar used to refer to the heroic minute, uh, which is the, the minute that the alarm goes off in the morning. Um, are you a hero or not? So, say, when I hear the alarm, this is God calling me to a new day. And so my response to the alarm is my response to God. Um, and some days I respond better to him than others. Um, so he'd say, respond immediately with generosity, fighting the battle ahead, rejecting self-comfort and offering the struggle to God to start the day with a victory. And having started with a victory, move on to other victories. Heroes are manifest in great moments, but they're made in small ones. If I'm master of myself in that first heroic moment of the day, I might be master of myself in everything else. I might have that self-mastery that the Catechism says, if we don't have that, we can't be living for God. We can't have that self-possession to be uh, giving ourselves to him.
Okay, recapping that all briefly. There are ordinary saints and there are extraordinary saints. And some saints are more to be admired than imitated. The goal, give the day to God. Use the parts of the day well. Don't just give them odd moments. The thing, order, is a tool for saints of the ordinary, um, says St. Josemaria. So you want to have order in your priorities, figure what they are, order in your use of time, order in how you relate to people, prioritise people, how you arrange and use things, and order in your different duties. Identify the fixed hinges of your day, plan your day around the hinges, and offer the whole and the parts, therefore, to God. And the heroic minute when that alarm clock goes off is the test of that.